everyone, Maureen Quende here, your podcast host, learning leader, researcher, speaker, coach, consultant, and author of the book, Dream Big and Live Your Dreams Boldly. I'm also the CEO and founder of EMK Learning Solutions, LLC, and I'm really excited to be back on the show this week for another empowering episode with our special guest. But before I introduce the guests, I would want to take a minute to extend my appreciation to you just to say thank you so much for being a fan of this podcast. I know you take the time to listen every week and uh, just keep us going. So this means a whole lot to me as well as all the fans. So thank you so much. Thank you so much for being dedicated to this show. So, all right. I think it's time for me to introduce our special guest. You might be wondering who that is. And this is none other than Ant's book. Actually, um, before I, I would let him talk, I just want to say that when I started my journey as um, uh, an independent consultant, I didn't even know what to do. And apparently Ant doesn't know this, but um, I was trying to find things online. But to me, the very first person that I ever reached out to was Ant. And I was just blown away how he helped me with information and you know that really gave me the foundation that I needed to get started. So before anything, I just want to use an, this opportunity to say thank you so much. You probably don't remember because it's like years ago, but you were the first person. And then I started following your YouTube uh, and I would see even other people on there like Robin Sargent. And that's how I started learning about, you know, so much about entrepreneurship and you know doing some work as independent consultants or freelancing and stuff. So just to put that out there. So this is one of the found, founders or, or the main people when, who started this whole thing. So I'm so glad you're being on the podcast. This means a whole lot to me. So thank you. Okay, so over to you. Thank you for being our special guest. So get us started, please. Well, thank you, Maureen, for inviting me. And um, I, I do remember when we first spoke, but I don't didn't realize that I was the first person you reached out to. So I feel very privileged to have uh, been involved with with getting you going so yeah well done for for making it this far thank you so much so do you want to tell us about yourself and then what you currently do in the field I, I have some information but the fans don't know so if you can tell us about yourself what you do in the field of learning and development if you don't mind yeah i'm a a learning consultant or a learning design consultant um, mm -hmm. so i'm freelance um, primarily working with clients to design um, learning solutions um, mm -hmm. and I, on the side I also um, I, I'm really passionate about helping the L&D community which I feel mm -hmm. is in a very difficult situation um, uh, there's, I feel like there's a lot of conflicting information out there and mm -hmm. there's a lot of um, people struggling with you know being overwhelmed with um, mm -hmm. With, with different um, information about what they should and shouldn't be doing. And I feel mm -hmm. like, um, you know, if I can share what you know, my, my, my thought process and my experiences along the way, if I can, you know, I, I feel like I can help a lot more um, people by doing that rather than just working with one client at a time. So, yeah, I, I obviously used to create lots of YouTube videos, but, you know, mm -hmm. in, in the last couple of years, I've switched my attention to writing a lot more. And so I post a lot of content on LinkedIn and I write a daily email as well, helping mm -hmm. um, learning designers create uh, high value, high impact training. So, so yeah, mm -hmm. that's, that's me. That's really powerful. And, and I've seen some of your, I've, well, I, I see your, um, your emails and the, your newsletters, by the way, you're a great writer. I'm like, 
you know, is that something you learned or is it just a gift? I'm curious. Uh, oh, definitely something I learned. Um, and thank you for the thank you for the compliment. That's really nice. I mean, it's something that I, yeah, I, I read blogs from when I wrote started writing blogs kind of ten years ago, and I kind mm -hmm. of cringe at cringe at some of my writing. Um, I've always really enjoyed writing, but um, mm -hmm. yeah, definitely through writing the amount that I'm writing. You know, I write every day at the moment, and and through that volume, that consistency, mm -hmm. um, I've definitely definitely improved, and I know I can improve further. I think that the challenge for me right now is the balance between perfectionism and, um, you know, and publishing. Um, when you when you're yeah. posting daily, daily, it's um, it's a big commitment. So there's definitely a line I have to draw sometimes when I I know I could actually make something better, but I actually just have mm -hmm. to get it out because I've got client work and kids to deal with and all the rest of life's challenges. So um, <laughs> yeah. so so yeah, it's definitely a skill I've 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 focused on in the last few years. Wow, that's that's I mean that's something is on my bucket list. I try to write too, but I'm not anywhere close. So that's that's really good. So um you wanna just tell us like how did you ever get into because now you're an L and D consultant, but how did it all start? Like what's your story, right? How, how did you get into into the field? What's you know, just give us some information about your journey, how it all yeah, started. I I started my career. I started like my my kind of adult life as a designer. I was always very always very passionate about design, graphic mm -hmm. design, product design, um, mainly the kind of visual side of things. So I um, did that at university, and then when I graduated, I didn't really, I didn't really want to sit. I'm quite a, I, I quite enjoy being kind of a, a bit active, I guess, and sitting in front mm -hmm. of a computer for eight hours a day was, uh, just I didn't quite kind of fit with my personality, and so. Mm -hmm. um, yeah, I, I took a job as a trainer and I was actually teaching the software that I'd learned about at university. So I did a number of different classroom training jobs and that's where I fell in love with teaching. And I found a real passion for, for helping um, people understand something that they, they didn't already you know, understand. And, mm -hmm. and so that's kind of how I got into L&D. And, and so, you know, I did a number of different classroom training jobs and, and kind of face-to-face -face type roles and eventually kind of figured out that design and and training go together quite well to design e-learning. So I spent yeah. many years designing e-learning. And then, yeah, a few years ago, I realized that the e-learning I was creating wasn't actually doing anything. It was, it looked pretty and it worked well, but it actually wasn't impacting mm -hmm. my clients' businesses in a positive way. Yeah. And so the last few years have been really, really focused on uh, improving my performance consulting skills mm -hmm. and, and uh, being, being more, um, yeah, more focused on on the, the needs analysis phase of work at the beginning of a project, which I believe is yeah. is really critical to a, a successful yeah. outcome, but is also a massively uh, overlooked part of the the process. And I think 90, 99% of instructional designers don't do that very well, uh, mm -hmm. or don't do it at all. Um, and that's the reason that so much of the training out there is is ineffective. Yeah. I definitely um, agree that, you know, most times people just, they're just focusing on doing something that looks pretty, you know, putting together some pretty, but is it really impacting performance? Is, is it helping someone to do better in their jobs? Um, so I'm, I'm all for performance improvement as well. For me, I got into the, the field of uh, learning and development accidentally, uh, you know, when I just became a trainer. So I think we have a similar background. Most people just get into the field, as I've spoken to even on this show, get into the field by, you know, not by choice, but just 
it happened along the way. So it's interesting how even though it might happen accidentally, each each one's story is kind of like unique. So I'm, I'm grateful for you sharing that with us. So um, one thing is about our field is that, you know, and I, and I believe you know this, is that it's very robust, it's always changing. Uh, we need to always stay on top of our game in terms of the skills, in terms of technology. Uh, when you even look at authoring tools, even within Storyline, for example, that most people use, it's always still changing, you know? So we're always still having to learn and upskill every time. And so I know that is kind of like common knowledge, but um, I think, you know, when it comes to our personal growth, especially when it comes to our mindset, you know, I'm thinking then what type of mindset matters for an instructional designer? You're, you're, you're a consultant, you know, you're helping people to do, you know, to design or whatever they're doing to improve performance in the workplace. So what type of a mindset does it really, um, does someone in our field need? You know, I've heard about a growth mindset, a fixed mindset. You know, what are your thoughts when it comes to a mindset in a field that is so over, ever changing? Well, yeah, I feel like L&D is actually a very immature industry to work in. And I think people coming into the industry don't realize that. I, def I certainly didn't realize that when I, when I joined the industry. And I, just, I assumed, you know, everyone had it all figured out. And, and if I just, did, you know, followed along and did what everybody else did, I would be able to you know, succeed. And, and unfortunately, that wasn't the case because most people are not doing things in, in the correct way. And, um, <laughs> you know, people are, it, it feels sometimes like the blind leading the blind a little bit. So um, I think from a mindset perspective, realizing that L&D doesn't have it all figured out when you first join the, in the industry is really important. And to, to not take everything as gospel and go into it with a, a kind of questioning mindset. So, you know, go, ask, you know, asking, asking the reason why, you know, we're doing something and, and not being um, not being satisfied with answers that don't really explain you know why something's happening i think that's really important um and i think you know, i talked about this with somebody yesterday we talked about imposter syndrome i think this is something that's widespread in our industry because when you join the industry we are ex the industry expects people to um be able to do everything so right through from the the needs analysis at the beginning of the project through to the instructional design phase of work the scripting the storyboarding and then you mm -hmm. mentioned then you know rapid authoring with the articulate storyline and these e-learning tools and you know there's obviously hundreds of tools that we could potentially yeah. learn to create create content and so and then, you know, not to mention the other skills that are needed project management um, people skills you know communicating with smes um yes. all the other skills that we need yeah. yeah. So I, I think it's my, my personal opinion is that it's completely unfeasible to expect one person to do all of those things. However, mm -hmm. if you look on any of the job websites, that's exactly what they ask for. They, they're, they're asking, you know, if you look on a, any of the job websites for a typical instructional design role, they're mm -hmm. looking for somebody who can do all of those things that I just mentioned. And so that that immediately brings about a feeling of imposter syndrome because people who are applying for these jobs who maybe have never had a job before in the industry or people you know maybe you know they've even been working in the industry for four or five years but they've never done any needs analysis or they've never done mm -hmm. any development because they're just tasked with the, the storyboarding you know that kind of thing they feel this overwhelming imposter syndrome because they 
don't feel like they're qualified to to do the work because um, they don't have you know you know the the skills that are listed on the the job description. Mm-hmm. And so I think having a mindset of you know recognizing that you know the industry probably doesn't you know just because that's what it says on the job job website doesn't necessarily mean that you know that that's you know to, to, uh, that's the right you know that my, my way of thinking is that you know this idea of a complete instructional designer in inverted commas I don't think it exists I think there are a few people out there who can do it all but I think they're the exception rather than the rule so recognizing that that's normal you know you're not you're not mm-hmm. um, you're not um, an imposter if you've only got you know two of the six skills listed and you know even those you're still working on and recognizing that it's a process and like you mentioned before having a growth mindset and uh, and recognizing that you're going to have to spend some time you know focusing on some of those skills and and more importantly recognizing that um you know you you may not you know um feel um uh, a draw towards some of the elements you know for example you know, I, I learned how to use Storyline back in the day, but mm-hmm. I didn't really enjoy it. I didn't really enjoy sitting there and making the buttons work and doing variables and all this stuff. Like, it was kind of fun when I got started because I could make things work. But then after I'd done it a few times, I was like, well, this is kind of boring now. I've kind of you know, <laughs> yeah. figured it out. So I don't do that anymore because I'm not in- interested by it. So I don't I don't even think of myself as a, as a developer anymore because I, I'll get somebody else to do that part of the work for me. Um, so I think, and you know, just having that mindset of, you know, realizing you're part of a process, um, L&D, I don't think L&D is a skill. L&D mm-hmm. is a process or uh, it's, it's a, a group of skills and figuring out, you know, it's great to experiment. It's great to try, you know, have an open mind, try different things, see what you like, but recognize that you're not necessarily going to be you know, great at all of them ever in your life. And that's absolutely fine. Yes. And, and like kind of, give yourself permission to find what, what, what part of the process you do like and you do feel adept at, mm-hmm. um, and then you can really focus down on, on, on getting better at that. Yeah, I mean, what you shared is just so powerful because um, just the fact that, you know, our fields, people do this, or, you know, if, if, if this if people are saying this is their approach, it doesn't I mean the approaches, could, it could be seen as, you know, an approach. It's just one of the so many. So if you just, you know, not having a mindset, or if you have a mindset of saying, okay, this is the way it's going to be done, you're going to miss out on so many things because, you know, uh, it's really, it's just, like you mentioned, the process just keeps changing. Because even me, in terms of being a consultant, there are things that I knew, you know, getting into consulting that, oh, this is how being a consultant you know, what it includes, what, what, you, what you're supposed to do. But I've discovered through the process that there's so many things that they're so different now from where I started. And it's, it's something that is like lifelong learning where you're just gonna keep learning and things are gonna keep evolving. So if you're having just this mindset that these things have to be this way, you might end up being disappointed or even missing the mark because there's nothing wrong really in choosing what you really identify with. Just like you, I really like the needs assessment. Um, for me, I just really love that part of it. And once you're able to identify what you're good at, and you really, ex, you know, really focus on honing that skill, then you're really giving the best version of yourself versus just trying to survive. So um, I definitely see how this can add add value to um, 
to our field or even someone who's just starting off or someone who's been there for a while. But why do you think it even matters? Why do you think the mindset matters? What are some things that you think uh, we can consider as benefits? I, I think to be a successful professional, yeah, you need to be successful, you know, in your personal life as well. Like I, I know that that's been true for me. So mm -hmm. I think, you know, focusing on your mindset isn't, you know, it's not a tactic or a strategy for a successful career. It's a, it's a strategy for a successful life. And I don't really see the divide, you know, I don't see much of a divide between work and life anymore. I treat it as one experience. And yes. there's all these different parts of an experience that I have to perform in and, and you know, act, you know, if we think of we're, we're like actors in a movie, right? You've, you've got these different roles to play within the movie. Sometimes I'm a dad, sometimes I'm a, a consultant, sometimes I'm a podcast guest, sometimes I'm a husband, sometimes mm -hmm. um, I'm, a, you know, whatever else it is. So I think, you know, for me, like focusing on mental health has been a really pivotal part of my my own kind of personal journey and recognizing, uh, for, like for me, the, the biggest part, piece of this has been awareness. So recognizing when I haven't been feeling 100% and taking um proactive steps to improve that and, and that's that's posit, pos, positively impacted mm -hmm. um, my my life as a whole but but very specifically my career I feel like I've, I've made huge improvements and, and, and huge progress because I have prioritized my mental health um, and I've, prior, I've prioritized it ahead of everything you know literally my business my family my relationships um, uh, and it sounds maybe selfish, but I what I reckon I always think back to that oxygen mask analogy that we 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 hear about when we get on the airplane, and they say yeah. you know, make sure you put your own oxygen mask on before you put your kids' mask on. And and I think about that a lot because I think unless you look after yourself, and, and we all we all know it, we all know it to be true. But unless you look after yourself, you're not in a fit state to look after anybody else. And but I think yeah. we we all know that we all know that in our brain. But actually, I, I think. Do do we actually live that on a day to day basis? I mean, it's something I still definitely struggle with. You know, I, I definitely don't do as much as I should. But I think when I flick the switch and said, right, I'm going to really prioritize my mental health. I think that's had a really positive impact on my my um, professional life as well. So, um, mm -hmm. yeah, that's been a good a good strategy for me. Yeah, that's that's powerful. So um, what are some I don't know if there's there's any more you've already shared some, but what are some other strategies that we can use to leverage our mindset? Um, so I just have one strategy that I use, um, and it comes from a book called uh, Letting Go by um, I think the author's name is David Hawkins. Um, and the approach is very simple. It's an approach of, um, it's, it's kind of two steps. First, you're um, aware, aware of the feelings, aware of um, the, um, the conditioned thinking, you're mm -hmm. aware of your mind and the stories that you're telling yourself. Mm -hmm. um the, you know life your experience as a human being is what what your what your you know ego is, is telling you basically and so this process um of, of letting go is about recognizing 
those you know it might, it might be something like um you know unhelpful stories that you tell yourself oh i'm not very good at video editing so you wake up every day i'm not very good at video editing i'm not very good at video editing so you've you've t- told yourself that story and it becomes yeah. true so you're kind of trapping yourself in this cage of never being good at video editing and it's um that's probably a bad example but you you, you can see where i'm going with it and then you end, yeah, end up kind of being tra- actually yeah and then you end up in this kind of in this situation where you you know if anyone ever says right we need somebody to do some video editing you would you know you're not you're going to run a mile because you've told yourself that you're terrible at that and you, you you'll never yeah. be any good and so it's just a story that you've told yourself and so that's the first part is to to rec- start recognizing these stories these um and, and it might be it might not just be stories it might be emotions so it might be talking about things like anxiety or shame or um mm-hmm. Uh, anger or jealousy or whatever it is you know we've got these emotions that we we struggle with on a daily basis so the first step is recognizing them and then the second step is is surrendering and accepting them so letting them go basically so I think you know up until a few years ago I'd be very focused on um if if I had a if I had a problem like let's imagine I'm feeling anxious about a project I'm working on my strategy for dealing with that would be to try and work even harder to try and, you know, make myself feel better because I've done more work and I've I've delivered a better outcome when actually the problem isn't the situation. The problem is my mind. My mind is telling me that I'm doing something wrong and something's bad's going to happen. That's Mm -hmm. a mindset issue. It's not an issue with some physical situation that's actually happening out there in real life. And so by accepting the feeling of anxiety and, and, and feeling it, you know, l- allowing it to sweep through me and to, to, you know, and it's the scary thing to do, right? It's just really scary to let yeah. these feelings kind of overwhelm you because that's what we we're trying to, we try and avoid it, don't we? We try and um, get drunk or we go shopping or we, you know, work harder. We do things to t- kind of escape the pain or, or yeah. we, or we suppress it. You know, we, we try and, you know, do things like, you know, to just to kind of push it down and, and bottle it up and so yeah. when you actually let it kind of envelop you and you let it just kind of kind of rip through you um you realize after it reaches its climax that oh you know it's actually that's as bad as it gets and it eventually will disappear and i think when you do that then then you can kind of uh, the intensity of those episodes reduces over time and you can you can really um you know face reality um from a from a better perspective so a little bit of a philosophical answer to your question but um that's that's the the strategy that i'm using and i'm finding it to be very helpful um, absolutely i i love books by the way and uh i've actually just you know um taken notes of the author i'm gonna check that book out <laughs> yeah i i just think you know uh, every time i find a good book i just hold on to it because um the books are great looking for every way that you can use to learn so that's a strategy that I would like to even know to apply it because once we're being mindful about our own mindset, it really helps us to embrace things and accept and be in that state of awareness. And instead of being dismissive, we can own it and say, okay, well, it's okay to be this way and let it go. So that's powerful. I just hope that's, that's a great message actually, even with times like this, when so many things are happening in the world and you know we're showing up um, as a whole person, like you mentioned, instead of just work. Everything is is together. So that's something that it can. I think it can benefit us 
beyond in our field. It can benefit us even in our relationships. Um, it, it can benefit us in our families. So that's a, that's really something powerful. So I was going to ask you if this is something that would apply to consultants or anyone in the field, but I think I know what the answer is, is yes, right? Because it's something that can benefit all of us. Okay, this is great. So I know that I would really want us to even like, because I love mindset, I like, I like this conversation, but I, I know that this is the really golden nugget that you've dropped on the podcast today. And, uh, and it's really a great tip. Um, and I also want to find out, you know, how can listeners find you? Like if they want to explore more about this topic, right? Or just have a deeper, uh, maybe more conversation or even learn about, uh, you know, your your performance improvement strategies as a consultant. How can they find you or even ways to read about your amazing newsletter? Uh, yeah, so um, I'm pretty much primarily on LinkedIn these days. So LinkedIn is the place where I post most of my kind of content. And then if, if you want to get a bit deeper, I, I post a daily email newsletter, which is completely free. So you can just go to antpew.com and uh, and sign up for my daily emails uh, where I, you know, I, I spend an hour a day basically writing something about something I've, I'm seeing in the industry, uh, something I'm experiencing in my own um, projects that I'm working on with clients, mm-hmm. um, something that, that maybe questions from people that I'm, I'm hearing regularly. Um, and I just kind of share my, my kind of uh, my, my thinking in the emails. That's where I kind of pour my heart and soul. So that's the best place to go if, uh, if you're interested in kind of staying in touch. Okay, that's great. We'll check it out. So we've come to the end of the podcast. So to wrap us up, we always, you know, ask a question at the end. What does empowerment mean to you as a coach or consultant? So I'm going to ask you that question. What does empowerment mean to you as a consultant? Good question. Um, So I think empowerment is for me, it's about your, um, I'm, I'm, I'm thinking of the word responsibility. And mm-hmm. I, I recently heard somebody explain the, the meaning of responsibility. I'd never thought about it in these terms. But the, the, if you think about the word responsibility, it's actually two words, right? It's responsibility. It's, mm-hmm. the, ability, it's the ability to respond. Yes. So my, my feelings about empowerment is that we are in control of how we respond to any situation. Mm-hmm. even if it you know we, we come up against these challenges in life whether it's at work you know your boss is angry because you delivered a project late or your boss is asking you yeah, this is a great one for me my client is asking me to turn 150 slides into an e-learning course and I realized straight away that this is going to be a terrible thing to do because this is not going to help their business in any way mm-hmm. so I, in that moment I've got the ability to respond I've got the ability to take their slides and go and go and do what they've asked if you know i'm driving home from work and somebody cuts me up as i'm driving home i've got the ability to get angry and chase them and shake my fist and and whatever or i've got the ability to respond the difference is reacting versus you know reacting versus responding Mm -hmm. and i think you know for me this comes from lots of mindfulness practice you know um and still working at this every day but being, being more aware, and it goes back to the conversation we had before, being more aware about you know, your emotions, and the, the stories that you're telling yourself and the conditioned thinking, and but being aware, having that awareness of what's happening and recognizing that you have the power to respond in any way you like. And if that 
you know, if that man's cut me up on the way home, I, I say man, it could quite easily have been a woman as well. Sorry, that was a bit sexist. Yeah. But <laughs> if I get cut up by an unknown human being on the way home from work, um, how, how can I turn that into a positive? You know, yes, I'm frustrated because I got cut up or yes, I'm frustrated with my client because they've just, you know, given me 150 slides to convert into e-learning. I, I have the ability to respond. So how can I respond positively? Right, he's cut me up in traffic. I can learn from that. I can learn that the, mm. this is a great learning opportunity. I can practice, I can use this as a, an opportunity to practice not mm. being angry. How quickly yeah. can I let, let go of that feeling of anger? Can I let go of that yeah. feeling of anger in 30 seconds or 10 seconds? Or is it going to take me an hour and I'm going to still be raging about it when I get home? Well, when this client comes to me with this big, e-learning course or this big powerpoint mm -hmm. presentation that he wants me to convert into e-learning can i respond appropriately rather than saying yes and taking his slides can i think carefully about you know what they actually want and ask them pertinent questions that are going to help identify the real reason that they want this training so mm -hmm. yeah i guess empowerment for me is all about um, recognizing that we are in control of our responses and using that um, responsibility wisely that's powerful. Um, thank you so much for wrapping us up. So we've come to the end of this podcast. I would like to wish you the best of luck in our field or in your personal and professional life. And to all our listeners out there, think about mindset and be intentional about your mindset. So thank you for tuning in to this wonderful episode. Be safe, be well, and I'll see you.